guys and welcome to my podcast Dermatologist Talks Science of Beauty. I'm Dr. Tio Wan Lin and today we're going to be talking about au naturel hair. Au naturel is a term that is derived from the French language also known as au naturel when it's used in its anglicized form. It refers most commonly to a type of beauty, um, a state that is natural, raw, and is associated with the idea of being unadulterated and pure. Well, for the purposes of today's podcast episode, we're going to talk about au naturel hair. First of all, from a scientific perspective, um, and I say this because dermatologists are the accredited specialists in the field of not just the skin, but also the hair, um, we're probably in the best position to explain what um, healthy hair should be about. And we know that if your skin is healthy, it will look great in its natural state without makeup. So the same should be said of hair. Healthy hair does not need uh, styling products, actually. Yes, so a little bit about the history and significance of hair. Traditionally, hair has symbolized many things for women throughout history. A symbol of femininity, identity, freedom, and beauty, maintaining beautiful hair has always been a large part of many cultures around the world. Depending on the significance of hair color or texture, as well as prevailing trends, different cultures approach hair care differently. But there is a universal truth to what it means to have healthy, au naturel hair. It is shiny and smooth, well-nourished, has good elasticity or tensile strength, and minimum breakage. I actually have a question that might sound silly, but it's something I've always wondered about. Is our hair dead or alive? I'm always so cautious to do anything to harm my hair, just in case it never grows back. Well, hair, unlike your other organs though, uh, is actually made up of dead cells, dead materials and dead protein. So the hair shaft, which is the hair that you see growing from your scalp, uh, is actually not alive. It's not growing from the ends, uh, but it's really made up of dead keratin that's being extruded from the hair follicles. This is relevant because many people seem to think that um, the hair itself is living um, and also, sometimes uh, individuals who suffer from hair loss may refrain from washing their hair or even combing it for fear that even more hair will come out. Well, we'll address this later. But uh, going back to the concept that understanding the scalp as the living organ and the hair as the associated keratinaceous material that is growing out from your hair follicles is very important because it affects how we treat the scalp, how we treat the hair shaft, um, conditioning it, grooming practices uh, also become very relevant. 
I guess I've never really thought of hair being something dead and never really paid attention to my scalp, which really is also very important. Well, what does it mean to have au naturel hair? Starting with the basics of what I think au naturel hair should be like, and uh, to me that really translates into a hair that's in a perfect state of health. So healthy hair is best embodied uh, by the term virgin hair. Um, when I first started modeling, which was my first real job um, after junior college while awaiting admission to medical school, I remember my first agency telling me um, when they met me for the first time to keep my hair as it was, not to dye it, perm it or straighten it. They told me then, uh, and it's something that I would remember forever, that clients prefer virgin hair. So that was my first memory of the term virgin hair. Uh, and two decades later, uh, I have a different perspective um, based on my training as a dermatologist. But the fundamental concept is surprisingly the same. And I think it bodes well for all of us because the core philosophy here is that beauty is always healthy. Yes, I totally agree. When you do have healthy hair and skin, it really does make you glow. Well, this concept of virgin hair, like you mentioned, is so interesting to me. Well, for our listeners, virgin hair is untouched hair that has never been chemically processed or color treated in any way. To be more specific, it's hair that has never been permed, bleached, gone through color treatments, or dyed. Virgin hair is also a hairstylist's dream because it is stronger and less prone to damage as it has not been chemically treated. So I'm going to share um, what the commonest hair shaft problems uh, look like in, in this uh, episode. And, um, you know, also my tips on how, you know, if you have the correct uh, instruction in terms of grooming and styling, um, you have some idea of uh, how your hair shaft uh, is like, what it needs to stay healthy, then, you know, you can also have this old natural virgin hair that's not just beautiful, but healthy from the inside out. We start first with the structure of a normal hair shaft. The hair shaft is derived from the hair follicle, uh, which is part of the skin on the scalp. It grows from this second layer of skin known as the dermis, from which um, the germinative cells uh, arise from within the hair bulb. This follicle is lined by inner and outer root sheaths, which helps to protect and also determine the shape of hair that grows out. So this is the reason why uh, genetically, you know, individuals have different types of hair. So um, curly hair, uh, tight curls, loose waves, straight hair, fine hair, coarse hair, all these are actually predetermined by your genetics. Um, a single hair shaft grows out of a single hair follicle. So the hair shaft itself is the hair that we see growing out uh, from the top of our heads, and it consists of three main parts, the medulla, the cortex, and the cuticle, um, starting from the inside all the way to the outside. 
It's probably helpful to know that it is actually the pigment in our medulla and cortex that is responsible for our hair color, our natural hair color. The cuticle, um, which is the outermost and the strongest part of the hair shaft, is made up of flattened cells which overlap each other, what we call keratinization. This is because these specific cells that are on the cuticle are actually made up of a protein we call keratin, the same protein found on our skin and nails. And finally, the hair follicle is associated with the sebaceous gland, which produces sebum, um, which, you know, in layperson's terms refers uh, to just oil that's present on your skin and on your scalp. So the function of this sebum is protective. It coats the hair shaft and it acts as a natural moisturizer or an emollient for the cuticle. And this ensures that the hair remains shiny and smooth. We're now going to zoom in on disorders of the hair shaft uh, that is not talked about very much because, um, you know, whenever we see somebody with frizzy or damaged hair, we just attribute it to styling issues, the use of um, you know, styling products is uh, often touted as a uh, cure for a lot of these problems like frizz, untamable hair. Okay, so I guess the key here is redistributing the grease or the natural sebum on the scalp throughout your hair shaft so that it serves to coat the cuticle. That way, hair is kept smooth and shiny. I guess this is also the purpose of us making sure that we brush our hair daily. I'm also guilty of perpetuating that misconception as well that um, the solution to frizzy hair, which is pretty common here because of the high humidity in Singapore's climate, can be fixed easily with different types of salon hair treatment. I do also know lots of people who come up with their own hacks on how to tame their locks. Something to address here um, is an incident which I think we covered in a podcast episode uh, involving the Gorilla Glue Girl. It was a very unfortunate incident where a black lady was experimenting with uh, glue spray, uh, which was a Gorilla Glue brand. Um, and she had run out of her favorite hair spray so she used it to try to get her usual sleek hairstyle. It turned out to be a tragedy because it permanently glued her hair to the scalp. And at the end of the day, she required surgery and the surgeon used a chemical solvent to remove the glue. And this incident was highlighted as uh, one that could potentially lead to scarring alopecia, scarring hair loss as we know it. Yes, I'm sure we remember that whole incident playing out in social media. And it really does emphasize the dangers of DIY beauty or skincare or hair care hacks. Oh, natural hair is actually the way to go uh, because the two important messages that we are sending with my own natural hair campaign uh, messaging is that, you know, firstly, we should embrace what you are born with. And all types of hair, as long as it is in your it's your natural state of hair, is to be considered beautiful. Um, and especially so when you um, have healthy looking hair. So the 
second key point of course is that the health of the hair shaft determines its beauty so you know having healthy hair really also means that your hair follicles and hence your scalp must also be in an optimal state of health so we've touched on important ways to keep your scalp healthy in previous podcast episodes which we'll link in the transcript for the purposes of the uh discussion right now, I want to say that if you feel that your hair can go au naturel, your hair is truly healthy and you also have a healthy self-esteem. And um, there is absolutely nothing wrong with any uh, treatments or perms, etc. that you feel you want to do to achieve a certain look, as long as you understand that you are really damaging your hair and there is no uh, two ways about that because where chemicals and heat um, are used, your the bonds in your hair shaft will be broken and it leads to hair fragility. So the other thing of course is it's really liberating uh, to have this feeling of being absolutely yourself. And I say so because I think uh, in my late teens and early 20s, I really felt, um, you know, like there was a certain standard of beauty that, um, you know, I had to live up to. But as I grew older in the last five years, I've just been so absorbed in my, um, I guess, personal projects and uh, intellectual endeavors that I've kind of, you know, um, stopped caring very much about uh, how people view me. But of course, as a dermatologist, um, I believe in um, ensuring that your your hair and of course your skin is healthy. And that alone to me is beauty. We're not talking about grooming, uh, which I think is a basic standard. Um, combing your hair and making sure that you do wash your hair and condition it. Uh, what I mean is really trying to alter the way your, your natural hair is. So I think when I was younger, I always felt that uh, I needed to have a certain hair color. Um, and it also like a certain style. Um, actually, I've had the same hairstyle, it's amazing, from the time I was 19 all the way till now. Um, initially, it was really because uh, as a model, you needed to have a standard hairstyle that would make sure that you are versatile enough um, and also because you needed to have a consistent look that fit your pictures in your uh, portfolio. But you know, later on, I just realized I got comfortable with it. It became a part of my identity and it, it was like a lazy um, way to just keep the same hairstyle. I, I didn't really want to experiment anyway. Um, and I feel that at the end of the day, we reach a stage uh, in our, um, I guess, maturity and, and it's got to do with self-perception that we realize that beauty is really a state of mind 
and it truly is. Uh, but we mustn't forget that um, the health of the hair shaft it matters a lot um, in terms of its manageability, um, grooming practices as well. Uh, can you know, end up being like a, a vicious cycle for somebody with, with already damaged hair and having to use even more styling products so that you can hide the flyaways, split ends, and uh, that at the end of the day uh, can damage your hair further, especially if uh, there's a lot of heat treatment, uh, excessive use of um, heating tools, hair dryers uh, involved. Yes, I feel like a lot of us can also relate to your experience. So much of who we are is determined by us comparing ourselves with the people around us and what they would think of us. So I can see how it can be very freeing to move past that and instead focus on how to love ourselves in our natural state. I mean, there are so many benefits of natural hair. It's healthier for your hair in the long run um, because it doesn't expose you to harsh salon chemicals. You definitely save money on expensive hair treatments and it can be fun and versatile too. Well, moving on, you did talk about disorders of the hair shaft. Tell us more about that. So, you know, going back to hair shaft defects, we want to define it for the public. So, as dermatologists, this is very specifically referring to structural abnormalities of the hair shaft. A lot of what we see as common hair shaft uh, disorders are readily perceived by laypersons and definitely spotted by seasoned hairstylists. Um, there are rarer genetic hair shaft disorders, uh, which are beyond the scope of this episode, uh, which dermatologists are also aware of, and um, these often involved complex genetic disorders. So now we're going to zoom in on the commonest causes of hair shaft defects. External injuries to the hair shaft is the commonest cause of hair fragility. So um, it's probably quite intuitive for the audience to wonder, you know, how do you know if your hair is fragile? So there is a test which you can do, um, which is if you are in the shower and you shampoo your hair. So only do this on hair that's actually fallen out. So don't, don't pluck hair from your scalp. It's not good for your scalp. Um, so pick up the loose hair, stretch it when it's wet. And if you find that your hair um, returns to its original length readily, it has good tensile strength or elastic strength. And that means that it's not fragile. If your hair actually stretches and breaks, it means that um, there is poor tensile strength, which is a marker of hair fragility. And um, hair fragility is due to excessive grooming uh, practices that involve uh, either uh, use of very harsh uh, combs that break the hair. So it's very important to look at the type of comb that you're using. I always recommend actually a, a wooden comb because it reduces static and wood itself uh, absorbs the oil from your scalp and can redistribute it uh, through your uh, hair shaft and through, through your hair ends. Um, I definitely don't recommend plastic combs um, and also those with metal bristles uh, because that can really snag and uh, brick hair. 
I was actually just trying that hair elasticity test while you were talking about it, with the straight hair, of course. And it looks like my hair does return to its original length when I stretch it, so that's good news for me. I guess I've also never really thought about the type of comb or brush that I use and how that can make a difference to my hair, so that's really interesting. Apart from that, what else can lead to hair shaft defects? So, I guess certain being in certain occupations uh, in the entertainment and media industry, where one is subject to a lot of styling products um, as well as uh, heat-related sort of styling um, tools, uh, you know, it can be a reason for one's hair shaft becoming increasingly fragile and prone to breakage. Traction from certain hairstyles. So very, very tight braids, uh, cornrow type of braids and high tight ponytails can be quite harmful because it can even cause a form of hair loss in the form of traction alopecia. And uh, we see this in uh, certain um, sports, uh, for example, in uh, dance, uh, ballet, for example, and in figure skating, the uh, requirement is, is always to have your hair tied up really uh, tightly and neatly in a bun. So traction alopecia uh, can arise from that. And I've actually seen quite a number of cases of uh, traction alopecia due to, uh, you know, having to wear a tight bun because of dance or figure skating. Yes, I've always wondered how um, people like Ariana Grande, who is famous for high ponytails, or athletes like um, ballerinas or figure skaters, can keep their hair so tightly tied up for such long periods of time. Because I myself have kept my hair short for as long as I can remember. So I'm only just getting used to having my hair up now that I have um, slightly longer hair. But it is a good tip to know that having a very tight ponytail like that, while it may look good, may not be the best thing for your hair. Make sure to give your hair a rest whenever possible and leave it down for as long as you can. The use of hair dryers um, with very high heat levels can also damage the hair shaft. Uh, I think modern hair dryers are actually all very well calibrated and a good practice is really to apply a hair serum. So I actually use a um, hair oil. It's from safflower oil and sea buckthorn, uh, which help to restore the strength of the hair and elasticity by uh, mimicking the natural physical chemical properties of scalp sebum. So external injury uh, can also be in a form of chemical-induced hair breakage. Salon treatments um, actually break physical bonds to change the natural structure of your hair, and this will undoubtedly damage your hair as well. So if you have naturally wavy or curly hair and you rebond it, to become for it to become straight, or if you have naturally straight hair and you want to perm it so that it becomes curly, the process by which this occurs is, without a doubt, by breaking physical bonds between individual strands of your hair and um, dyeing your hair. And certainly if you bleach it, uh, all these can cause varying degrees of chemical-induced hair breakage and fragility. I guess it's no surprise to find that doing all these hair treatments like heat styling, dyeing and bleaching can really damage your hair. But when you say au naturel, do you mean just leaving the hair alone and keeping our hair free of any hair care products? At this 
stage, I feel that we want to address this from a practical standpoint. So if you go all natural, that does not mean that uh, you are not using any hair care products. Um, so this, you know, is not about wearing, using leave-on conditioners or a good, you know, hair treatment regimen, but it's about not using hairsprays or styling waxes on a daily basis because all of that, uh, well, it's not directly harmful to hair, but it does increase residue on your hair and it can cause hair to become a bit crispy if, if you've experienced that. Um, it's really because of the uh, constituents of the sprays, uh, which over time also will damage the hair shaft. Oh, natural hair, I feel, is going to be the right approach to like a long-lasting hair care trend uh, because first of all you know we are all about self-care right now and secondly realistically a lot of our work patterns have transitioned to work from home uh, because of the COVID pandemic so frankly we are in our most natural states when we are at home so it is an extra bonus if we look good as well uh, and you don't need to use all these uh, styling products on a daily basis. I mean, yeah, apart from the basic detangling and combing, now that we're at home so much, it is probably more important to focus on hair care rather than hairstyling. Well, in this episode, we've covered what au natural hair should look like, commonest ha causes of hair shaft damage, and how to avoid hair breakage or fragility and the importance of embracing your natural, healthy hair. Well, that's it for today's episode. Stay tuned for the next episode in our series of On Own Natural Hair to hear dermatologist tips on how to achieve smooth and shiny hair. Well, you may follow Dr. Tio on her Instagram at DrTioWanLin for the latest podcast updates. And remember to head to our website at www.signsofbeauty.net for the full transcript. <music>